0: fascinating gadgets gizmos and gear based technologies Here we are, fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. This is the show where we take pop culture science and technology, make it a reality. Who is this we that I speak of? Well, first of all, we is I, and I am him, the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon.
1: Awesome to be here, Dan. So excited.
0: I'm excited to have you, as always, Dan, and these are always fun conversations. But the two of us, we can't do this alone. We need our enigmatic engineer, Ben Siepser.
2: Ben, are you still broadcasting from an undisclosed location? Yes, uh, all the way on New Terra now. (laughs) Right. gone through the ring and exploring new worlds. (laughs) I love it. That's why you're out
0: there doing doing the good work. So that's a a really good little precursor here because we're talking about the Expanse, which is... Ben, I got to thank you so much for this because you introduced me to this show and this is my new favorite science fiction show. This is actually Leapfrog Battlestar Galactica, which I didn't think was possible. I love it.
1: Wow. wow.
2: Yeah, I know. That's that's higher saying a price lot. is not even I was expecting. Yeah. I
0: really like I was hooked. I, I mean, look, we can talk about the-, the we're not here to discuss the merits of the seasons, but that's kind of where I come in. But I will say this. The first uh two seasons heart-stopping uh impossible like my first season watching 24 i, I was binging it and i don't normally do that I just could not stop watching the show season three i was able to stop season four i could watch each episode but those first two seasons man they had me hooked ben yeah loved it
1: it's almost like you were accelerating in space dan yeah, <laughs> yeah? like just going <laughs> you,
2: you don't want to do that retrograde burn you got to keep burning prograde and Never slow down. That's exactly yeah. right.
0: Always forward. I mean, this is great stuff. And while I was taking notes, we—I came up with you know pages of notes and different things. But we've decided to break this down into two episodes, and we are going to talk about gravity today. We're going to talk about the protomolecule molecule next. And this is what I love about this show, and from what my research said, these guys did a great job really capturing not only what gravity would kind of look like, but also countermeasures against gravity. How did you feel about this? Dan, I'm going to go to you first. From a physics standpoint, how did gravity seem, how did they use it on this show?
1: You know, this was a lot of fun for me to watch, Dan. I mean, I know um, you're generally the plot guy. Right. Um, Ben likes everything science fiction, Um, you know. I have my ups and downs. I like everything because, you know, I'm not really good at being critical. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) this was amazing from a physics point of view. I loved watching something finally get all the physics around gravity and acceleration kind of as right as you can in a movie. I mean, there's going to be little glitches here and there because it's hard to film zero Mm -hmm. gravity. But you know, nothing nothing worth complaining about from my perspective.
0: Nothing <laughs> <laughs> worth <laughs> 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 I've never said that sentence out loud. Nothing worth yeah. <laughs> complaining about. That's cool. What does that mean? What the, I don't understand the words. I don't know what.: uh, Yeah
1: I, order. I, I know. Uh, but that's kind of
0: where I am. OK. Fair enough. Yeah. Ben, do you agree with Denon that the physics was done all right, and how did you feel about the countermeasures?
2: It was done amazingly well. Like the, the expanse producers worked very hard to get both the technology and the physics correct in the show. They wanted to portray a world that was real. Um, Mm. And that comes from the books, I think, from James Bailey's books, where he wanted to create what will our solar system look like in, you know, a hundred, 200 years. And we're not going to be able to break the laws of physics. So, you know, if you want to write a story that feels real, you got to follow the rules. Even though they're not always as fun as you know Star Trek, where you can go wherever you want <laughs> instantaneously right. Right. <laughs> and talk to people across the galaxy with no delay. Yeah. But in, in terms of the countermeasures, it's really interesting because we know a lot about how our physiology is affected by zero gravity. We've done all these studies with people who've lived on the International Space Station and Mir and Skylab before that, where we see that... Um, when you go into space, your bone density decreases, and that's because our, the evolution of our physiology requires the microfractures of our bones. Being in a gravity well to trigger our bones to constantly replenish themselves, and if you're in zero g and your bones have a br- are on a break and they don't have to support any weight, they just they just atrophy because you're not getting the chemical signaling to gr- keep your bones growing. Hmm. And so all, there's all this stuff about our biology that just doesn't work quite right in zero G. And it's really cool that they, they made a story out of that where the belters can't go places um, with high gravity because it makes them sick or because they're too weak to do it. That is what will happen. I mean, you see that when people come back from the International Space Station. They can't walk. They can't walk when they come back for a while. Well, what I love about
0: that, so there's a couple things really quickly. I think it's important to know exactly what happened in zero-G, and you nailed a bunch of stuff. I didn't know about the microfractures. I love that. But really quickly, there's your muscles atrophy. People probably would assume that because, you know, really weightlifting is working against gravity, right? So you're you're moving and your muscles are moving to – basically resist the force of gravity that's what working out is really and that includes a cardiovascular system because your blood is pumping against gravity to go up and it's going you know
2: yeah. without gravity blood's very weird it, it works in very weird ways oh and also your your whole circulatory system the the way your blood pressure works is to get blood to your brain so once you're in zero g and you're not fighting gravity your your head uh, bloats Right. And, <laughs> right, and you get extra blood in your head, and it actually and it messes up your taste buds and your smell because your 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 swell it swells. It's, it's called it's, moon, it's like a moon face. You get yeah, like a lot of blood in there, and that's why astronauts like hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, here's another thing. Uh, not to take this, you know, I always got to go to twelfth grade humor, but in an article I read, you even have excessive flatulence, which I don't even understand how that works. But it just shows how kind of off everything is, including your gut biome, yeah. and that's important because they did this incredible study. And by they, I mean NASA did a twin study. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but basically there were two astronauts, uh, Scott and Mark, and they were basically in, one was in Scott was in space for a year, Mark was on Earth, and they basically used them like a control. Exp- controlled experiment and they found that scott had an adjustment to his telomere length which is essentially on your dna it, you know gets shorter right. with age uh your gut biomes were, were very they're very different and that may be because of the food they were eating you know when you're in the, in the space station you're not eating fresh fruits and vegetables it's all freeze dried it's all very specific food and also your nutrient dense food it's a nutrient dense food so it's everything's very different up there and that affects what's going on in your stomach which as we've talked in other episodes affects everything in the body
1: yeah no it's it's really amazing how you said this earlier Dan not only how they got the science right but right from the beginning it's involved in the story mm-hmm. yeah i mean mm-hmm. right, right. I, what, what was it episode 1 or 2 it was probably 1 you're getting gravity torture
0: mhm right which they only do one time, which was weird, because I felt like that was such a great thing. And it's like, you see it once, and then they never talk about it. Well, you we see it once. We only,
1: only see it has. once. But but also, you know, they were trying to be civilized until they ended up at war. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, there was a sense of, let's not push this. And they did get in trouble for the gravity torture, if you recall. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, in a way, we, we do see it in the fourth season with Naomi on New Terra, where she... Is basically torturing herself by staying on land side oh interesting
0: yeah because i am glad you brought that up because i was curious how that gra- how does gravity torture how does it work? I mean, what is the torture part of it? You know, I don't. I guess we're you know we're talking about all the physiological differences and the effects on the human body that gravity has. But how would you turn that into a torture device? Would it work like the rack? I guess in a way where you're pulling. I mean, I think now? it's
1: just basically a built-in rack, almost. Right. You okay. you are suddenly under way more weight because weight is really just gravity times your mass. Your mass hasn't changed, right? But now suddenly you're essentially, probably not the rack, probably more like lying on a bed with the cement blocks piled on you slowly.
0: Like how they killed witches.
1: So yeah. it's a little more pressure than pulling, perhaps. Because I can't imagine that the gravity differential is big enough for you to be pulled, for you to feel a different force on your feet than your head. Because that would be more the rack. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it's more more pressure than tension. But Ben, I don't know what, what your view of that is.
2: I think it's probably a bit of both. I mean... Th- we don't know what it would be like for somebody who was, say, born on Sarah, Ceres or Eros or any of these tiny asteroids that basically have no gravity. It's really questionable what, physiology, what your physiology would look like if you, then, if you grew up without a gravity well basically your whole life. I mean, would you even have a proper skeleton? It, it's debatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, I, I also think,
1: right. you know, the other part of the torture is probably how your blood's behaving. Yeah. Right. Because as we said, your your you know a lot of what your physiology is is in your blood flow, and that's driven by um, yeah. having grown up in gravity. So you you know your whole heart pumping and and sort of flow of blood would be different in a low gravity environment. Um, and you know basically your nerves register pain to let you know something's gone wrong in your body, right? And so circulation is probably going wrong, and nerves register pain.
2: Hmm. That's a great point to also think like if you're if you're all of a sudden in gravity for the first time in your life, you'll probably feel really lightheaded or something, too, because all your circulatory system would have developed not needing to overcome gravity to get blood to your head. And now all of a sudden, you probably wouldn't be getting enough blood to your head. That's interesting because you could actually I mean,
0: you could have. Depending on how, you know, we're going to talk about the differences between Mars, uh, Luna, the moon, and the, and Ceres, which is one of the big asteroids. But depending on where you grew up, the amount of difference is also important because you, might even, you may not even be able to get blood to your brain or your head or wherever, you know, anywhere it needs to go.
1: Well, one of the things that I, I wondered in, in sort of watching it. So on the one hand, I, I think the physics was very right. And on the other hand... The biology represented an accurate ultimate biology. I I, I was wondering if the timescales were right, and and it's the difference between evolution and adaptation to a particular situation as you grow, right? So, you know, uh, if you recall the you know the, what we consider now a horrible thing, where they would put women's feet and tightly bind them to make sure they didn't grow and get big, right? That wasn't something that genetically changed. You never then inherited small feet. You always had to keep tying kids' feet really small Mm -hmm. because it was something that you did to change how the body responded. So it it did make me wonder if the, the result of physiologies was what you get naturally for a human who hasn't really evolved into a different state. They just grow differently under a new gravity versus selecting for people who have traits that work better and they're actually genetically changed. And I think the time frame is way too short for evolution to have occurred. So the implication is they're implying this is just how the human body grows in a different condition. Like Ben said and like you said, Dan, even just a short time in space, people come back with a slightly changed physiology. So that was, that was kind of an interesting thing from, that I sort of saw from the biology side.
0: Well, I will say this. There are lots of studies that have shown that biologically, I mean, you're t- even at the turn of the century, and I guess we're we've already twenty years into this century, but the turn of the previous century, the 1900s, right. uh, <laughs> that's how old I am. I've got a different right. of the century. But when you think about that, but even you know, anthropological studies have shown that our we're t- we're bigger now. We, we you know, whether it's nutrition or whatever, we're bigger, and we pass on those genes to other people, you know? I mean, so there's there are microevolutions that occur. Well, so uh,
1: again, I don't know. I wonder, Dan, if that's a genetic thing, truly genetic, or just that our genes allow for a range of height, and if you give us the right nutrition, we end well, up Well, I mean,
0: but it, then it's like chicken or the egg, right? Because if we've been, if we've, over the course of, let's say, five or six generations, if we've been taller, and we're slowly getting taller than the average person was, let's say, in 1900... Then that is a form of evolution in a sense, because the genes that are currently active now would represent the taller gene pool, and and this show only takes I think it takes place hundred th- years. I think was it the tw- it's 2350s. So? Oh 23 Okay, so you're lo- but you're looking at you know two hundred. Yeah, it's plus a co- years. couple hundred years. And if you look at us 200, 250 years ago, I think there might be some serious evolution going on, which would be you know, adapting to these environmental changes includes, you know, normally when we bones are growing, you're growing against gravity, right? That's what we're No, I, no that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I'm wondering how much of it is natural v- variability enhanced by being in a different gravity. And so that if you, if you, you took someone who was a, a, a baby of two people from the belt, Right. And right from birth, they were moved to Earth. Um, I feel like they would still grow up, okay, that that body would react to gravity much the way an Earth body would. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. Like, that's yeah, the th- interesting question. I
2: think that's true. I think there are even a few characters here and there where there are people who moved to Mars when they were very young. And they seem, and they seem to have Mar- Martian physiology, for example, rather than Earth bu- physiology. I th- I think there's very little evolutionary um, differentiation yet. I think it's... We know, like, our bodies change so much just from being up in space for, like, a couple months. Like, I think all of this could be explained purely by adaptation
0: look i i i love biology i'm probably the 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 least <laughs> i'm the least qualified to talk about biology but i'm about to talk about it with some serious conviction and authority i i, I agree the, the human body is com- completely adaptable it's amazing how it works i think it would actually depend where you're going from i believe people who are probably born in let's say gravity on earth 1g and they move to series or someplace else could probably adapt better than someone who had the genes from an adapted human? Let's say someone from the belt, which, from if my calculations are correct, on series it's about one twenty-fourth the gravity of Earth. If if you had, you know, 200 years, let's say 15 generations of people, and the genes that had been expressed and had been, um, bas- you know, had been. Y- Grown for I don't know what the, the right turn but but the, the evolution or whatever had been weeded out from natural selection I think someone from there whose body was used to you know whose genes were used to doing a certain thing I think they'd have a harder time growing up on earth just taken right out of the womb I think there'd be more differences than you think
2: They it's certainly possible and for all we know that there there's there would potentially be some very strong selective pressures Against people who don't adapt quickly. Mm-hmm. There'd be a question okay. of whether it's people who would all those people still be able to adapt back to being on Earth, or are they just the cream of the, the low G crop of yeah, Earth genes? It,
1: it, it really It's a really interesting thing because it gets down, you know, there's originally back at evolution, people were, you know, the classic example is do giraffes have long necks because. You know as they were growing older they would reach long necks to reach they would grow long necks to reach and then would pass those on somehow or was it the mutations and if you happen to have a long neck you were more likely to give your birth I did not say that very well but it's Lamarck versus Darwin basically For
0: borderline incomprehensible and I don't normally say that about you Denon, but I, I know no, it's I nice.
1: know that was badly okay. said but but oh a better example is basically the argument was if you cut off your hand, would your kid inherit it? And, the, you know, it was realized, no, because that was a change that didn't impact the genes, uh-huh. right? So I just don't know enough biology to know for a given gene set, like what range of heights and bone density could you have? So it's really this interaction back and forth and all about the epigenetics and the other biochemistry that goes on is how much of this is truly genetic and inherited and how much is your body reacting to the environment. And that's why I think it's a really cool Biology question, and it's great that the three of us are all experts in biology and can answer this, <laughs> you know, with great authority. But I liked your authority, Dan. I like the way. Thank you. And it's certainly true. If there were genetic mutations, I mean, we know we can sort of adapt to the lower G. It would probably be much harder. If you got genetically mutated to adapt back to the higher G, yeah. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm kind of with sure. you on that one.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And what really quickly, since we're on G, so I want to get into how do we fix this? How do we have artificial right. uh, gravity? But one of the things I really liked is they really did a great job with medicine and and basically how blood works in zero G. And as we mentioned, there's no, fl- it's, there's, the flow is very different. So, one of the things, there's this scene where a bunch of people if, through concussive damage have a lot of internal bleeding. And there's this conversation between someone who d- has never done medical procedures in zero G and someone who's an expert. And they're like, you've never done this before because what you don't know is blood pools, it doesn't flow. So, an internal bleeding, it's, a, it's a, it, there's blood clots. Uh, there's, that's like a death sentence in zero G, which I thought they did a great job with, and even when people are killed or their blood comes out, it's just, they float like in a <laughs> creepy way, yeah. and the blood just comes out and pools everywhere. Uh, but anyway, yeah. that's important because what we need to do is basically create artificial gravity, and they do that in a couple of different ways, and one of the main ways is basically having like a big cylinder kind of like in 2001 they have that and i think on the behemoth the, the cathedral that they re- retrofit they do something like that so tell me a little bit about how we what are ways we could recreate gravity and and, and is there a way to do it for to different gravity um denominations i guess i should say depending where you're from Does that makes sense yeah. well
1: pretty much without doing anything um that we don't understand and is too weird and and likely to be wrong, as far as I can tell. Basically, spinning is your only choice, because spinning creates. Ba- well, actually, no. I take that back. Anything that accelerates you is your only choice. You have to create, because that's what Einstein basically taught us: is acceleration and gravity are in, are indistinguishable from each other. And spinning is the easiest way to get acceleration. I think you know without having to. Um, like end up in a weird place because if you accelerate linearly, you're just going to keep going away from wherever you want to be. So you could rock back and forth um, and, and, and oscillate back and forth, right. which will just make up, down, and down up periodically. Right. <laughs> um, but that would also give you gravity. Okay. Um, but all of these do allow you to change the strength, Dan, because that's just how much acceleration you generate. Yeah. So you can always dial it in. Now, some of these may be harder or easier from an engineering perspective. So I'm I'm looking at Ben yeah. for this.
2: So I, I was actually thinking about the the stop the start and stop. So there are some some like the best, the fastest way to get somewhere is to burn till you're halfway there and then flip around and burn till you get there in the other direction, right? So you want to be accelerating up until the halfway point. And then, as soon as you get to the halfway point, you flip your ship around and then start decelerating and break the rest of the way. That's the, like kind of the fastest way to get somewhere in space. Um,
0: so hold on a second. So uh, that that doesn't make any sense at all to me. So let me th- let me tell you what I heard, yeah. and then you fix it for me. Yeah. So basically, you throw. I'm going to do some little Wiley e. coyote stuff here, right? I throw a rocket yep. on my back and I'm blasting yep. towards the Roadrunner. When I get halfway, I flip the rocket around to decelerate. Now, why does that make more sense? Why does that get me there quicker than if I just put the rocket on until I hit the roadrunner? Because
1: because uh, it hurts you. when you hit the roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, <'cause, okay.
2: laughs> yeah if, if all you're doing is like diving on a roadrunner at you know thirty miles an hour, yeah, you can go whatever. But if you're if you're accelerating at a g one g um, for months, you're going to be going very 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 fast. Oh, I see. Accelerating, not yeah. maintaining. Sp- right, okay. right, right, right. It's not maintain speed because. To maintain speed, you just got to accelerate for a little bit, and then you coast the rest of the way. Then you turn it off. Right. Then you turn it off. To get somewhere really fast, you burn the entire trip. And if you can burn at 1G for the entire trip, then you have artificial gravity built in right there. Um, And your ship has an up and a down, and the problem solved. And I like,
1: Ben, that you flipped halfway so that down stays the same.
2: Right. Yeah, you got it. Well, also, you don't want to build have twice as many engines than you need. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that's just expensive. The problem with that is the fuel, though. <laughs> Building a ship that could burn the entire trip to at one G, to like a, a faraway planet or something, is is totally unrealistic. Uh, chemical rockets just can't carry that much fuel. It's impossible. So the reality is, you're going to be coasting most of your journey and because of that or you'll be or you'll be doing something with like an ion engine which has such a low thrust that it basically doesn't make gravity any gravity worth talking about so then you're going to be doing 2001 rotation style which works but it's weird because a rotation rotational gravity isn't quite the same as vertical gravity because as you jump up the rotation the closer you get to the center the gravity reduces. So there's these weird tidal forces of, of the acceleration not matching as you get closer and closer to the center point. Uh, and it, it can make you really sick if your uh, ring is too small, basically.
0: Well, so now if I can just bring this down to, to a level that I can understand, right? So let's bring sure. it down to <laughs> sixth grade level. When I was yeah. a kid, you know, you'd go to the little carnivals that would kind of tour yeah. around, right? And they had a thing called the gravitron. And the way yes. the gravitron worked is you would get in, and it was like a spaceship shaped, and it would just spin around. And centrifugal force mm-hmm. would pull you to the back, and you were on the wall had like a sliding thing, and then you would yep. slide up, and people could like, up. could like you like crawl yeah. around. And then, as of course, as you got the guy in the center who was running it didn't doesn't feel anything, but you're on the yeah. wall, right. you're going to feel more obviously. Yeah. And then as you, but then you would try to like pull your hand away, and it was like gravity was pulling you. Back, Mm -hmm. so you're saying you would be
2: walking on the wall, right? Right, because you're you gotta be walking on the wall. Otherwise, it's because that's the way gravity is going. Right. Um, and the problem is is the gravity is stronger the further away you you get from the center. Okay. And so, if it's not a big enough ring, the gravity you feel in your head is different than the gravity you feel in your feet, and it'll be very very weird. And you'll actually be able to feel the rotation. And so, it has to be a big enough ring. That you can't tell you're spinning, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: I see, and that's why they're so. I see, and like in 2001, and even in the Behemoth, that's why the circle, the yeah. circles are so. Big.
2: And and realistically, the whole space in the middle is worthless, so you might as well make it not part of the ship.
0: Oh, so it has to be a donut then. It. I mean. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, or, that's the most useful or, thing.
2: Or the center doesn't rotate, and it's a big zero g storage space or something. Yeah. Or it's the fuel tank.
0: Now, one of the things, what I like about this, one of the things I wanted to mention. Getting used to space is actually really difficult. And you're talking about gravity, whether you're in zero G or, or whether you're in a place where gravity can be altered based on how fast it's spinning or whatever. There's a thing called space adaptation syndrome, which is which is essentially, I love this, I love this definition. It's basically where your visual and your vestibular system are incongruous and cause motion sickness. So basically what that means, what you see and what you feel in the, in the gyroscope in your head for balance, they don't match up. And on Earth... Yeah when you 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 can look at the horizon it's basically you feel like you're moving but you can't see that you're moving so you get motion sickness here on earth in space it's the exact opposite but same effect you you feel like you're moving but you don't look like you are and it's it causes motion sickness the, i just thought that was really incredible the way the brain kind of works in that way so that would actually kind of could work with gravity as well if you're feeling
2: like you have gravity in one spot and you feel like you're Does that would it work the same way it's hard to say. We've never made something with artificial gravity in space.
0: Say it with authority. Absolute speculation
2: <laughs> with authority. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's possible, but it, it's really weird. Like you, get, you have problems like this on like big ships um, in the ocean where you're in a room where you can't see the motion of the ocean because you can't see the horizon because you're in a big windowless room. But the boat itself is rocking, and, it's, and, it, and it makes, that's what makes people seasick. And I think space sickness is almost certainly the same thing, where if you have this motion that doesn't match what you're seeing, it's going to be a real problem. So in a big donut where you're feeling a, a nice constant gravity vector, nice constant acceleration through your feet, and the walls seem to line up with that actually i think you'll probably be okay hmm.
1: yeah i wonder can you get an inverted effect is is sort of what you're talking about dan where if you're in a moment where you have gravity turned off and you're floating pretty steady i'm trying to think like you're attached and your frame of reference is mostly the ship so you don't feel like you're moving but you actually have say a window and and you see stars moving I'm wondering if that would cause a weird um, kind of inverted sickness to your your, your body, where you're you, you 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 get the inverted effect of one thing yeah. not feeling the motion and the other thing seeing the motion. Well, I think that's what I was state, trying to figure out like, how to. But if, yeah. if
2: the stars are moving, you're moving. You're you're going to be doing a yaw or a pitch or something
1: well if you're moving at constant velocity i guess the stars are all too far the stars away are t- not move. Yeah, if they yeah, start trying- moving you've got other <laughs> problems on your hand that's gonna I'm, I'm trying to write if there's something like, like this. or maybe if, well let's just suppose a ship has recently been nuked near you um which has happened in the show and debris goes flying by your window yeah but you're not really moving like that yeah. might be a moment that you get a little sick
2: okay Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to think about when you're traveling like just between planets in our solar system. Once you're once you can't see the planet anymore, the sky will not change at all until you get there. Like it'll only change if the ship turns or if you happen to travel 55
0: million light years in the span of enough time to see the stars move around you. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah, which is impossible. Uh, yeah. So while we're so we're talking about acceleration, I want to close up here because talking about basically g forces on the body is important because in the show they've got chemicals essentially when they're burning really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, acceleration has a crazy effect on the body. If you're if you're accelerating really quickly, uh, the blood will actually rush to your feet and you'll black out. If you're decelerating yeah. very quickly, the opposite effect happens and blood rushes to your head. It's like you've been on a handstand, you know. And for, f- here's what's crazy. The, and that's that's different than miles per hour because the current miles per hour record was set by the the Apollo 10 astronauts in 1969, which is basically 24,000 miles per hour. But the acceleration and deceleration is what causes the G's and the, the basically your, your body can withstand about five G's, five times the, the, uh, the the strength of earth. And if you have a suit, there's actually high gravity suits that you can wear you can withstand nine G's. If you, once you're trained in how to basically can, Control your your um, torso muscles, which I thought that was very strange, but that yeah. gives you like an additional, basically, to double the G's. And the record of G's on a human body, this is really interesting, was eighty-two point six G's. This was set by um, an Air Force captain who basically was in a rocket sled. This is Captain Coyote, Wiley Coyote. He was in a rocket <laughs> sled, and he basically had so eighty-two G's, but it was over the course of like one tenth of a second, right? But in the show, we're talking about yeah. incredible G's over a long period of time. So when you're burning like that, when, when you have this force okay. on the body, what would the chemicals be? Would they be blood
2: thinners? What would they be really? You know, It's hard to say. So like th- the, the big one we see is in season two where they're trying to catch Eros and they're pulling like 15 to 20 Gs. That's, what That's you a see lot them. of Gs. It's a lot of Gs. It's, it's like twice what fighter pilots normally go through. And, and they're talking about pumping, you know, you see them put the chemicals in them. It, it's hard. Like, there's a part of me that thinks that you want to make yourself more viscous so it doesn't, like, all your blood isn't, like, pooling. But it would have to be less viscous for it to still pump. But we agree it would be it,
0: viscosity of the blood. I mean, I think it's, it's something with the blood. Or,
2: right? or maybe you're putting in chemicals that are better oxygen carriers than hemoglobin so your blood doesn't have to flow as much. To still get the oxygen you need.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So you're
2: you're putting in like fake, you know, fake, you know, something that just binds better than the hemoglobin does, but you know, it hurts because it's not blood.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, (laughs) but I like that Ben. I hadn't thought of that because I was going just again trying to figure out two things. Um, One is you can definitely change the viscosity of the blood um, because the pressure is basically related to the radius of the blood vessels. Um, and the viscosity. I mean, those yeah. are the two physical parameters that come in. I was also thinking you might dilate or undilate your blood vessels a yeah, little. exactly. Because yeah, you can you, control pressure that way. I, I think a lot comes down to, and I totally forgot about the oxygen, because, you know, I'm just doing physics, not biology, as as we've proven in the first half of this show. Well, you're not a robot. You uh, are
0: breathing, then. And I, we, no, right? I am breathing. Okay.
1: I, no, um, you know, it, it really depends on which, which effects of the acceleration you're most you most need to mitigate right and i think i think a lot of it right as you said Dan it, it's it's the blood going to or from the brain and getting imbalanced that's why i was thinking yeah. all about controlling the pressure by messing with viscosity and radius of your blood vessels but if it's also a, a total oxygen amount you might need to you know have some various balancing effects where you're trying to avoid pooling in the brain so you're decreasing some of the blood flow but you know, that means you need a, a better oxygen transfer. So you throw in a better chemical for that. But I think it's all about the blood. I mean, that's yeah. really what you're worried about um, in, in in these situations because you're strapped in. I mean, if you if you were not strapped in, you would also be worried about being flung around and just having physical damage. But if you're really tied to the ship, I think the biggest impact is on your blood.
2: Yeah. and And they do a great job in the show of showing them in the chairs, like leaning back so that the you know, the gravity vector is going through there, mm-hmm. you know, so that they're they're flat against it so that you are at least minimizing the um, the red out and the blackout issue of having your heart having to fight the gravity. Mm. But it'll still pool in the back of your head. Right. <laughs> so you, you, but that's a much that's not as hard to overcome as if you were standing up. Like, if you were standing up in 20 Gs, like, you'd just be dead. There's no way to deal with that. And your your feet would be about this big. (laughs) Yeah, and your your, your feet would probably explode. (laughs) 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 right like a cartoon
0: well and i I do love that and i know you love the chairs in that because those are an engineering marvel and i love that but i mean also you know even if the gravity is going through you that's how csi forensic scientists tell you how long a body's been dead is how much blood is pooling on their back so there's still you know you can still get bruises on your back and
2: there's going to be a cocktail of thinners maybe some something that spikes your blood pressure up so that you it can pump harder so something that's like you know putting you know some adrenaline or something that's uh causing your heart to pump harder but you can only go so hard until like you basically get cardiac arrest from that so i th- i think it's just something along those lines where you're kind of you know giving your your uh your um your circulatory system a very short term steroid kind of thing and hoping you survive
1: <laughs> well i wonder if that's why you know when they talk about chemicals like you said Ben I wonder if it does also interact with just the lining and material of your blood vessels. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah right. To be better, st- to better, make them a little more elastic so they don't rupture. Yeah, uh, you know, a a temporary. Let's just go with I don't know. Say a foam coating <laughs> on the inside of your blood <laughs> I had vessels. To sneak yeah. it in. I had to i was waiting i was waiting for the I whole episode
2: your pal i was like he's gonna say so what's he gonna say he's, he's yeah. waiting to say something we know there's some very good foam is in those chairs though that's for sure yes yeah the chairs are definitely got that yeah and, and and we see them like they start bleeding like we see them getting nosebleeds and things from the burn so clearly it's causing ruptures and and you know yeah so the yeah. chemicals aren't perfect but yeah. they
1: work well enough to keep you alive
2: no it's fit for a while <laughs>
0: It's very true, and one other thing you need to keep you alive. Uh, in closing, here I want to mention this. This has nothing to do with gravity, but I love this story. So my favorite thing I always find the very, uh, a very obscure technology. I don't know if you guys noticed on my list, some of the stuff is most people don't notice it, which includes the we didn't even talk about the way the plants grow in a circle in their little kitchen, which I love because you have to teach the roots how to grow down, and you have to have light to teach the plants how to grow out, right? That's the plants have to fight yeah. gravity and have to figure out how to do it non-gravity. But uh, what I love is Alex basically cooks them lasagna in this really crazy little dish. And I was going to ask if that had anything to do with gravity or the way the physics worked in space. And it turns out, I don't know the answer to that, but the, st- the real story is actually much more interesting. There was a company that basically created that dish and it's supposed to be for perfect, the size for lasagna noodles. They they had a brownie pan that was super successful and they made this lasagna pan and it didn't work. And then the molds broke. And so they couldn't make any more. But then the expanse just thought, hey, this is a really space age looking lasagna dish. And so they use it in the show and now they're now they're remaking that lasagna dish, which you can buy on Amazon. I'll include a link for it in the show. But I just thought that was a really cool story. But also the idea of making lasagna without cheese, tomatoes, or wheat. <laughs> that whole no, thing, I thought that was kind of funny yeah. too. Like that whole the lasagna world and that dish were like my favorite part of, of the of that yeah. season.
1: No, I I, I loved it. I, I have to admit I was looking at it going, hmm. This isn't gonna have anything to do with gravity. Where are we gonna go with this? And 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 Dan, you you locked it up very nice. I really like what you did with (laughs) it. Thank
0: you. And I will tell you, someone um, on the sci-fi website came up with a recipe. He was he was tasked with coming up with a recipe that (laughs) worked. So I found it, and I'll include it on the
2: website for us to find out. Perfect. Try that in our here on New Terra. Try out the... Uh, right. You know, where, where, where resources are scarce. Right. We'll send
0: you something. Uh, so this can't be the end of the conversation. If you want to discuss recipes with either Ben I or even Denon, uh, he's, he's a chef himself, you can get in touch with us on the show. FGGBT.com is the is the website. And you can find us on Twitter at Pod and at FGGBT on Facebook. Then you can get in touch with us individually. Ben. And where can people find you now that you're on New Terra?
2: Well, thankfully, we still have the major social media networks Unbelievable. here, and you can find me. You know that that uh, that, that that those relays through the rings—they work great. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, yeah, so it's at uh, Seepser on all those major networks. How do you spell that? It's b s i e p s e r.
0: I love it, Denon. Where can people find you here on regular Terra?
1: So on regular Terra, I'm on Twitter. And Instagram at Denon Michael, you just flip it. Um, on Facebook at Prof Denon Michael, and I'm seriously considering how to get on TikTok.
2: <laughs> really?
0: If you do it, <laughs> then I have to do it, and then I got to force Ben to do it. And he, we, don't, wh- why? would tell us why? Why TikTok? Explain yourself. Well,
1: because as people may remember, this is during the pandemic times, which is why we're in our isolated locations, um, and. I just there's there's too many famous scientists who are are taking up space on, on TikTok and I need to get in there and compete. Um, hey when, when Bill Nye the science guy is on TikTok and I'm not I feel like I'm missing an opportunity
0: well if you do it I'll do it and I will post there about as much as I post to some of my other things which is very difficult to keep <laughs> up with social media by the way but I do stay active if you do it I'll do it Dennett, and I'll force Ben to do it I'll fly a ship out there a, Martian, a group of Martian <laughs> yeah. Marines will get him working on that and of course you can find me I'm at Daniel J. Glenn on Twitter at Analytical Mastermind on Facebook and at The Daniel J. Glenn on Instagram you guys I think we cracked gravity here not since einstein had there been more advances in gravity than with this show right here uh, but this is very dangerous stuff handle it with care be responsible with this information we're giving you you want to be a superhero not a supervillain until next time thanks for listening fascinating gadgets gizmos and gear-based technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me daniel j glenn The fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. If you like the show, you gotta subscribe. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Find us there, click that subscribe button, never miss an episode. And if you wanna read all the articles we talked about, watch the videos, easy to do, best place to do it on the website fggbt.com That's fggbt.com You can find all of that stuff, including links to our social media, and you can even watch us on YouTube. It's all there. And if you like this show, you're gonna like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.